So there's a few listener suggestions that um, date back to some of our earliest episodes that, um, yeah, I feel like there's two or three of them. So I add that uh, the the people who were so quick off the mark should be rewarded. So I reckon we should pick. I'm going to give you the three and um, get you to pick one of them. And we'll. I, I think we'll make special effort to get to all of these quite soon. Um, so the three ideas, Chris, there's harm, H-A-R-M, um, rights, as in, uh, human rights, for instance. Um, and, uh, I've always, I, I, uh, think this is actually, or this one, uh, I think could be a really fun conversation, which we'll get to, uh, which is, uh, giving up. Um, so those are our, those are the three earliest listener suggestions we've had. So, um, which one? Uh, do you think we should do on this, the immediately about to occur episode of Rank Ideas about to occur, Chris? I'm going to jump into rights because it's the, uh, it's the one that scares me the most out of that list. Yeah, same, same. That's a great reason. Because um, as as the first joke of my stand-up set would go, they say every day you should do something that scares you. So this morning I cut off my head. <laughs> That's the one laugh. Chris is doing the one laugh that I would get. Uh, <laughs> I'd be front row. I'd be. I'd, I'd love to see you do stand up, Nick. Uh, I mean, it'll. It's my right as an American to see you do it. Yeah, it's probably doomed to happen at some point. See you on the other side of the theme song. <laughs> Welcome to Rank Ideas, the podcast. It's the only show that I know of where myself, Chris Andre, and Nick Deladovic rank every human idea in an ever-expanding list from best to worst. The only podcast that I know of as well, and if there's another podcast we're, do- we're doing, then we're clearly doing it in our sleep, which I'd like to say that we could do this episode in our sleep, but we're doing the idea of rights, and it's going to be hard, I think. This is going to be a uh, real spicy chat. I'm still trying to get yes, that, still trying to make that a thing. One of those ones where we both definitely have to be awake for. Yeah. Ugh. Man, like slow, slowly coming out of isolation is a real bear. Um, so uh, I got you to define the topic in our last episode, so maybe I'll give it a try. At a, oh, thank you. Indeed, and, we'll, and then you can um, uh, correct my working. So rights, the idea that um, human beings individually and as a group have entitlements um, that uh, can and should and will be protected um, by the uh, group organism as a whole. So um, the, I feel like there's two ways that rights get conceived of, um, and I feel mm-hmm. I feel that a, a fair ranking of it will encompass both. Um, which is the uh, but you, you know but not restricted to either. Which is I think some people think of rights as being an inherent thing, as in there is a there is a cosmic justice that includes people's entitlements and rights. And then uh, I think there is another conception of it, which is rights are, thing, are, idea, are literally ideas that are created for the protection and elevation of humankind and that those have to be, and because they are not inherent or intrinsic, then they have to be um, vigilantly uh, and formulated and acted and policed. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds that sounds right on to me. I mean, that was my that's the first point of conversation I think to make is we should talk about um, the the usage of in, inherent rights um, 
Uh, it kind of it kind of feels to me like we should have two episodes on this really, or two like two classifications because they're not the same thing, right? Um, in their usage, I think. If there, if if I have any challenge to that, it would just be the fact that you know there is a lot in of human society they are used. Well, there's a lot of bleed yeah, sure. through, which you know, and confusion, which maybe is maybe this isn't a compelling point in the way I mean it to be, but I do notice that once people, even people who don't have a who don't look at the world in sense of um, intrinsic intrinsic cosmic justice, for instance, or an intrinsic cosmic order. Once they have a codified sense of their rights, then they will start to think of them as in as an entitlement. And I think you know uh, internalized entitlement in a human being kind of operates the same. You know, it's something that they that um, you know is, is a human who has a sense of their rights has a comfortable sense of what they can demand, what they should demand, and what should be protected on their behalf. Um, which yeah is. Uh, there's, you know, uh, to me, that's magical thinking, which, you know, is, I like, I think this is a really interesting topic to get into because it shows that, you know, uh, it, like, oh, man, it's just the epitome of an idea. And like a lot of ideas we've looked at, it's just an idea that man has so mm. much, so much potency and power. It just colonizes, um, populations so fast once it exists. And so totally. And, um, the, these are real rusted ideas. Yeah, that we're going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. As in, yeah, like the fact that an idea could be so um, successful that it that it is taken to be an innate, uh, you know, precondition for existence. Taken to be reality, yeah, and yeah, taken to be a reality, yeah. And it's funny because I think in the, it's I feel like our fraught certain our flavor of fraughtness around it or critique around it um, is a is a local phenomenon, local to our not just our. Um, place in the current world, but also our place in history, because I, I, you know, it was funny. We, we fairly recently, um, ranked aristocracy and I feel like in a, in a more aristocratic context or a context of society that's, that come, that where people accept the idea of, of aristocrats, for instance, um, the idea of rights plays out differently because, you know, you would have people being, you know, internalizing the idea that different people have different rights for reasons that, um, are judged as fair and tr and just in that sphere, as in the inequality mm. of the inequality of rights and certain people having certain entitlements. And entitlements isn't the same; it's a separate idea that we'll have to rank. But it does it's it's close it's it's closely mapped. Um, the uh, yeah, I f you know, it's it's uh, I feel like the idea of equal rights or is 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 so prevalent um, in a modern context, at least in. Um, you know, at least in the West, at least where we are, um, the idea of, uh, it almost just, we internalize the idea that as soon as you're talking about rights there, then the public conversation is about how to make those rights uniformly distributed and policed across the board. Um, do you think, or am I missing something big there? I'm again, only talking about, you know, for instance, the societal context that we've been, that you and I have been raised in. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that uh, where people talk about rights, they talk about them being universal. Uh, and for, for certainly for many of the big ones, for sure. But I don't think, um, you know, I don't think there's any. Uh, I don't think anyone thinks that the right to vote should exist to everybody. Yeah, I don't know. But I, yeah. I've never heard anyone say that a two-year-old should be able to vote. Yeah, good point. And I mean, like, I, like, like, I'm sure you're right that there will be somebody who says that if they're if you're alive and you're in a society, you should be able to have a stake in it in that way. But I, I've never heard anybody say it. It's actually a really good point because, yeah, the you know maybe what it's suggesting is that the 
the sense of difference I have between my context and a more classically, you know, and a, a, and a feudal society uh, there, but, you know, overly, perhaps a little bit overly pronounced in my mind as in because, you know, again, the idea of where I draw the lines between who and who shouldn't have certain um, entitlements and powers and access uh, feels natural and sensible to me feels like the feels like the result of an elevated thought process but that's just because it's native to, that I'm native to it the one that you're in exactly yeah I think I, the, 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 just um since the conversation started obviously I'm frantically thinking like well, what do I think about it well you know what, are, what what's what, what's at the heart of this conversation I, I think instinctively the more I think about it the more I am concerned that the 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 use the usage of so the usage of the concept of rights has, has been so essential and continues to be essential for so many people to get access to various parts of society that they, for good, for not good reasons, have not not been able to access. Mm. Um, but I worry that the that the tool itself is a degree re- removed from from reality, the reality of social cultural exchange, to to the point that it is not an optimal way of understanding why certain things are important to to be negotiated in a way that they are in the social compact with each other like like it's, it's the classic the classic criticism of um human rights is that they only you know you only hear about them in place you only need them in places where they don't exist right mm. like like you know so the ACT for example um the Australian capital territory in Australia passed um a human rights charter i think or something like that to to, to, to guarantee certain human rights, but uh, I've never really heard anyone invoke it. I've never heard anybody talk about it because you, you're human, what we consider to be human rights are not particularly under threat in that jurisdiction for, for most people. Um, I'm sure that some, I'm sure some uh, middle-aged man invoked it while taking uh, his uh, complaint about his fence line to the high court. But yes, I get, exactly. I get your, I get and, your, and, I get and your this point. This is exactly 100%. the point that, yeah, this is exactly the point that I'm going to get to because you, um, then, um, but then, oh, oh, sorry, I'll get to it slow. So then, you know, you, the place where you picture human rights violations, um, the fact that they are human rights violations and not just violations, like what, like what's the actual distinction there? Like why, why, um, you know, if people are kept, you know, where, where people are kept as slaves, um, which happens, you know, there are more slaves now potentially than any other point in history, um, why is that a human rights violation and not just a other, like, is, is, is it because there are inappropriate legal um, classifications to deal with it? I, I think that maybe there would be, like, the idea of a right as being a fundamental thing that that, that exists, that that is um, or, or that is akin to natural law that must not be violated is not a good way of conceiving of is is not is not the I think it's not the ultimate way of conceiving of um, how we draw lines that we should that should absolutely that should determine the absolute minimum standard of life for which we want everyone to have um, and the freedoms that come with that and the thing that makes yeah. yeah the thing that makes me instinctively agree with that is the idea of um, how again because you know the the thing I always think about in terms of all right if you've got an organizational principle that's um, supposed to be uh, protecting creating and protecting outcomes then the first thing that makes it that I want to look at is go, all right, how hackable is it? And, mm-hmm. and the idea of having the idea of there being uh, codified human rights on paper at a facile level, you go, Oh, it feels like it starts part of what it starts as is an attempt to create an unhackable system where you kind of go, Oh, we, we need a, 
a level of entitlements and um, protections and um, codified standards that if you're a human, you get them. You know, so on, mm-hmm. on paper you go, mm-hmm. oh great. Well, then that's that's such a global solution because you go because any human in the situation will be a human. So if there's human rights, then <laughs> then then we're great. Um, so, you, but then obviously, in uh, in action, the the big thing that we see uh, at every step of human history is how easy it is for humans to categorize other humans as to you know to literally dehumanize. Like that's such a, you know that's a word for a reason. As in, yeah. and and I know that seems. Um, I know that sounds a little thin because you're like, oh, well, when people dehumanize people, we still all get that you're actually a human organism. And I go, yeah, but, you know, the all it is is um, the process of dehumanization is just a way to class one population or certain individuals as having transgressed against um, the – transgressed in a way or have transgressive inherent traits to a degree that – um, you can turn off your sense of consideration or empathy for them. And that seems to, yeah, has happened alarmingly easily within the context, within the context of a world that has uh, prescribed human rights. That said, I mean, the other thing to, the other thing to answer to, I feel like the fair thing for us to answer to is to go, how much of that is the problem with the idea of rights? And how much is that just the problem of the, yeah. re- the, the refracted uh, dissolute nature of human society as in, is it just that there isn't an agreed upon? Like, would what would happen if there was just an agreed upon set of rights for all, you know, for all human beings, and it was actually ratified across the board? Would that, you know, is is are, are a lot of the problems that we're seeing just a result of that not happening, as in certain rights not being recognised in certain places? And is that just is that just laws? Like, is this is the big the, the thing, thing is, right? Is it? And yeah. I think that's what you is that's part of what you were trying to say. I guess is is this is this a good type of law? Like, is this a good way for a law? Because really, it's clearly a, just an attempt to have a law, right? That is inf- and, mm. and, an, and an enforcement. And, an, and invoke a universality of it or something. Yeah. Man, it'll be, we're going to have to rank laws at some point as well. But yeah, I feel like even not having ranked laws, I think it's easy. I think we can practically look at it and go, all right, this is an attempt to create a system that protects an outcome. And yeah, you, I guess you're, the question you were bringing up before, Chris, is does it effectively do that? Uh, or is it even is it the best way to do that? Is, yeah. is I think because because we're not just looking at um you know we're looking at our future society we're we're going for optimal here. You know what my biases are like, Chris. Like for me, any I'm always instantly leery on anything that feels like it's not grounded in an evidence based assessment of reality. Mm. Rights rights don't exist before they're created as um, narrative constructs. They don't. So then, no, and and that's really important. I think that's really important. We probably should have said that at the outset. I think we, I suspect we didn't because we assumed that both of us feel that way. But and if people have listened to the episodes, they, I think, um, previous episodes, they would know that. But you're right. We should have said it. Yeah, any right that you can think of as existing naturally, um, if it can be taken away by, if it, if it, do, it, it doesn't, if 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 it doesn't exist in nature, it doesn't exist. And if there's, um, and so then you really, what we're ranking is the idea that the effects of creating the of creating rights as an idea because then again like in people's as soon as you create them they do exist in a fashion as in a real yeah. in a very real way as a thing that yeah. as a thing that a population internalizes is that as you say is that the best way to get people to have a vigilant conscientious constantly calibrated good faith engagement with each other's well-being and standards and you know and the and the standards of group well well-being and need 
And um, yeah, I think the the more we scratch at it, the, the more I think my answer is no. Like I, I just I just envision them as like uh, you know the Gordian knot. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, like it kind of just feels like you know there are these rights that they exist until you know, Alexander the Great comes along and smashes them and it doesn't exist. Like, yeah. n- like no, they're not. These are not your rights. Uh, you know, if somebody's got capacity to take them away or to to behave in a way that you feel that that, that even a collective feels um, is an infringement upon rights, those rights don't exist at all because they're not, they're, they are just constructs. They're not, they're not in the natural world. And I think um, conceiving of them as though they are uh, leads to a whole lot of um, trading in life upon them um, that doesn't engage in in the material world. Uh, it's, so, like, I, and it's just to just to pick some villainous examples where we could all relate, or, or at least from the cultures that we're from, um, where people could say, "Oh, yeah, that's that's actually probably not a good thing." Um, you know, what like people that think that that they've that they're they've got a right to have you know seventeen automatic weapons in their house, and then if somebody comes on their property, they've got the right to execute that person because they thought they're an intruder. Like that just. That for me in my life, that seems like an absurd thing. But of course, anybody who has that is going to defend that um, position based on their rights. Like that's 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 the first thing they're going to invoke. Even the right to free speech, or the right you know the right to free speech, yeah. or to or to perform improv comedy. Like there's a lot of things where you, I mean, just putting the drum like the level of uh, dramatic stakes that it puts on it. I mean, and again, this is really highlighting because look, full disclosure from the start, you know. Um, I was, uh, my in- instincts, are my instincts are against the idea of rights. And I think part of the reasons that part of the reason why is everything we said, but also, I w- you know, I want to say this in a way that shows my biases and audits them a bit is yeah, like part of your Gordian not analogy was great because part of it is just the amount of times I've seen a, the commie tragic spe- uh, spectacle, commie tragic spectacle of someone, uh, shaking their fist and talking about their rights as, as you know, the reality of life is just smashing, is steamrolling over the top of them in a way that... Yeah, it's the, it's the just world fallacy. It's the just world fallacy. Also, and this, you've made, yeah, you've, sh- you've shaken this loose. This is the, in my brain now, this is the thing for me. And not to say this is the worst thing about it, but this is the one that um, irks me the most is uh, the idea that people use, r- a lot of the people who I see invoking rights as a way to... Um, protect outcomes for themselves or protect their sense of how the world should work are the same people that I see failing on very basic levels of consideration, generosity, empathy for others. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, that it's a... Because it's a layer that the invocation of rights as your reason to be able to do something is an abstraction that removes you from the core engagement of what it is. Like, okay, sure, you've got a right to be an arsehole to someone, but let's remove the right for a second. Do you want to be an arsehole this, to someone? Thing, like, can you yeah. see what's happening? Um, do you need... Yeah. Uh, how much of you owning... How much would you have just owned two guns and not 30 guns if you didn't feel that there was this narrative of rights that you needed to stand on? Um, and... Uh, yeah, the idea of um, uh, or, you know, are you invo- avoiding interrogating the actual discourse of what it is to have to own a gun anyway? Yeah, and yes, and the idea of uh, um, it's yeah, again, it's an abstraction from the real. It's an abstraction of it's it, and that to me that abs- it's an abstracted intellectual framework that at its worst clouds your ability to just observe the things happening in the room in front of you and make compassionate, not just compassionate decisions, but just decisions that have a reason that have the best reasonable outcome of you feeling better and you, you feeling in doing better and the people around you feeling in doing better. 
and and even if you think of examples of like you know like because because the the, the word rights um you know you, you I think straight away of like the, the major movements of the 20th century for various historically disenfranchised groups to to get certain rights um I think that you can have that conversation in a way like say if the concept of rights doesn't exist you could be like well hang on a sec how come these people can't vote because or like how come these people can't you know go to university or whatever because they're black that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard heard of like if, like change that you know, I think there's you can still have all those conversations without you can still have resting le- upon can, the abstraction you can still have practical and legal protections for for the vulnerable and also you can have and also they have to be as you say they have to be interrogated and mediated you know again like yet again, I'm going to stick up for the idea of a version of the world that forces people to engage more with complexity and believes that people can engage more with complexity. And, um, the idea of, um, humans, uh, yeah, uh, the net, you know, again, I, I feel I'm struggling to articulate it, but I really feel like the, I've seen, and I do see the narrative of rights allow people, it feels like one more tool that people have utilized to, create arguments for why they deserve something and another person doesn't deserve something. And the, uh, and I think it's to do, if I tried, if I did try to articulate it, I think it would be about the idea of, um, rights being connected to the idea of, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because it does, that doesn't feel the, the basic description of rights doesn't feel like it has that in it. Like it feels like it should be the opposite. It feels, it feels like because you're a human, you have human rights um, but again, we're not, we're not ranking human rights. We're ranking rights. And I feel like rights tend to be as a larger category. They tend to get mediated from the very inception, the idea of like, okay, these rights exist for this population. And as soon as we think about it that way, then everyone can be really comfortable with people ha- with this population, having them and then other people not having them. And as, and actually, yeah. And maybe because you get, you know, and and my thought experiment before about well, could you just make it not not be that way? I think your example about two year olds voting is great, Chris, because it proves that no, you can't. Like you can't have if you're talking if you're using the idea of rights, then practically you're and you know, and as rights is something that once they as your gun example user uh, shows, once you have rights, you and the human being has an idea of their rights, then you're creating a story in their mind of their rights as something that they have to proactively protect, which leads to behaviours that they wouldn't otherwise default to. And I think even if not actively protect, just just even the way that you have a discourse around anything as though they, those, as though rights are something that are um, universal laws that are baked in as truths, then it stops you from being able to have the conversation with the nuance that incorporates the reason for those rights existing in the, in the first place and and, and the consequences of them. Yeah. And we've, ever since we talked about this, when we, when we did the episode on taxes, I've been thinking more about it, um, about I'd, I, phenomena in, in a society that uh, demands calibration over time, as in ideas that can't just sit they they have to be updated. They have to be calibrated. They have to respond to changing context. And I think, you know, the how you protect, like the protections for the vulnerable and the and the um, mediation of balanced, uh, edifying outcomes for all, has to be calibrated over time. You can't just have a flat constitutional thesis for people's rights. And then that sit that stands for time immemorial. I mean, we've seen, we've, we're, we've observed a bunch of the outcomes of people who try to do that, you know, um, 
Yeah. And uh, they're not good because context will change wildly. And that's not, a, it's not about, you know, and I, and, you know, obviously pe- people who criticize what they call moral relativism are dead set against what I'm saying. They're saying that, no, we want to, you know, it's, n- there is a intrinsic cosmic uh, right and wrong that is always the case. And that can't, you, you, the, the first thing you have to do is know that and protect that uh, in the face of seeming change of context. Whereas all evidence is to the contrary. The evidence, the evidence, yeah, the, uh, yeah. the evidence suggests that, yeah, you know, the the right thing, the quote unquote right thing to do does change depending on what room you're in at what time. Completely. I, I find it so interesting that um, it, it's because society moves so fast now. Um, I was thinking just the other day and um, that like certain societies now that are, that are lambasted are basically just the, the same societies that criticize that are criticizing them in 2010. Yeah. You know, like, like it's, 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 it's such a on, you know, the, the way we distribute um, capacities and opportunities is so uh, cultural and free and flowing and continuously changing and, and part of an ongoing conversation, which I think is probably what you want it to be. Um, that, uh, you know, there's no, um, that, that the universal laws, you know, the, 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 the usage of rights as aspirations, um, uh, you know, when we think of universal rights, um, it, they are aspirations. They're just that, that they, um, they, they don't, they don't exist in nature and the, the way in which they are used, um, yeah, conversationally. And uh, I think, um, politically, uh, is, I think it degrades the overall quality of exchange that we want to have. And obviously to be extremely clear, um, the, 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 what we use as the noun rights themselves, um, the capacities that, that, uh, that people are, are given, um, is not, is not the subject of what we're ranking. Here. No, we're not. I, th- when, I think that's, yeah. When, I hope, I hope that's abundantly clear across the conversation. I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure some people will, um, struggle to come at that, but yeah, it's worth saying in an attempt to have it be clear is that, yeah, we're not talking about, is it, we're not ranking the idea of protecting, you know, giving people, have people having protections under a law or under a system or having guarantees, you know, the, the society they live in offering them guarantees about what they can have and what they should have. Um, we're talking about the idea, we're talking about a governing idea that leads to the facilitation of that, a, a model for how that's organized. And yeah, I mean, I'm certainly warm towards the idea of things like targets, you know, societal targets, mm-hmm. um, yeah. conceiving of the uh, most edifying or the quote unquote optimal outcomes for for a citizenry. Um, and uh, certainly, as you know, statements of societal values, things like that. Um, no beef with it. We're literally, you know, a, a version, a, a list like we're putting together here could be a version of that, you know. But um, yeah, this, I, the idea of rights, the, there's just no, when you get right, right down to it, there's just very little evidence from the enactment of it that it's an effective idea. Um, or at least, yeah, there just feels like so many, there, it's easy to posit um, cleaner, better ways to achieve the same thing. Which is yeah, much. I think their removal would be would instantly um requ- like demand a different yeah. dialogue. And 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 to be sure, like my my ideal version of that in my mind, and again, this is about my biases, would not be about replacing it with a different story form idea because rights is kind of a story form idea. It would be replacing it with a deeper, more sophisticated analysis of the reality in front of us, um, and yeah. and the and the implications of that. 
and it can be frustrating actually when that that reality is. I mean, sorry, it's continuously frustrating when when those realities are um, supplanted to narratives. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, yeah, I feel like uh, I don't know. And you know, uh, one one thing, last thing I'd say before I'm ranking before ranking it is I do I am conscious of how much my day to day experiences people uh, suing for their own rights are in the mundane context of, you know, middle class to lower middle class people in Canberra. And, um, yeah, I don't uh, take it lightly, the idea that we're that we're about to rank it very low in a world where there are people who um, are uh, dealing with uh, just titanic levels of injustice against their person and against uh, their um and against their population. And the reason we're ranking it low is out of an instinct that um, there are better way that we actually want that we don't want it to be that way for them. And we actually think that the narrative of rights is leading to the, to those injustices, leading to the bad things that are happening to them more than they're helping. That's, that's where we're coming from. Yeah. It, it, it take it, it certainly um, flirts with the temptation of taking it more into an ideological exchange realm rather than a raw facts and, um, and human to human, exchange realm which where an ideology you know, hopefully you can get different outcomes ideology is the current bottom of our list of a list of 40 something ideas and so i feel like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just it it's it's you know it's consistent if you if you feel like you need to see the pattern of consistency that's led us to this you should listen to our episode on ideology but yeah uh so looking at our bottom bracket of ideas um going down from uh, so if we're looking at if we're looking at the uh, the sectional list that is um, specifically bad ideas, then we've got a bottom two, four, six, eight, ten. We've got a bottom ten really um, that plays out that way. So we've got um, fandom. This is in descending order, so from least worst to worst. So we've got fandom, aristocracy, free will, fairness, debate, faith, fulfillment good and evil as the second worst and then ideology is the current worst. So, um, do you have a instant instinct or sense about placing it in and around there, Chris? It's not as bad as good and evil, I think. Yep. Uh, that, tr- that tracks for me, but it is bad. And I, I just, uh, because, <laughs> because I just, um, you know, I would never walk into a, a, a dinner party and say, you know what? Rights are bad because I, I just, I think there's so much scope to be misunderstood. I want to, I just want to have more, just another uh, classification that we're ranking rights as their, as the idea and their conceptual usage. We're not ranking the idea that someone should have a right to something or that, um, so, so say for example, you know, I have a, a right to walk the street, you know, oh, oh, that's a, that's a bad thing. Rights are bad. That, that, that's not what we're ranking. I think we're, what we're, we're ranking, right. we're ranking is the idea that, 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 becomes the organizing principle because without that then yes, you can still exactly. you can still have someone having protected access to the streets you know like yeah, like yeah. like supported and protected access to to the city streets in the town that they live yeah uh, i empathize with what you're saying chris because you know you know me i don't i don't want to go into a dinner party and offer any of my dear my ideas about anything important in the world because i the only place i feel safe to you know, to share my opinions in the long-winded, nuanced form that I feel they have to take is literally here on this podcast. So, um, oh, that's so nice. It's Nick. it's 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 the truth. Um, so yeah. So um, the I think you're. Right. I can see why. I can see why we put debate so low. 
<laughs> right? Exactly. Um, speaking of, I think, yeah, tricky. So I'll start low down. I think it's, I don't think it's, it's as bad as fulfillment personally. I think, yeah, around. It's the same, it's the same territory though, for sure. Yeah. I do think it's worse than fairness. So I think in between that, we've got, de- we've got debate and we've got faith. So Debate, faith, and fulfillment. Where where would you? It's kind of like calcified fairness. <laughs> <laughs> big time, big time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's a particularly, it's a stripe. It's a little subset of fairness that is a particularly good example of the things that are worst about fairness. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like you could have people who are contesting opposing ideas, both invoke perfectly valid um, behaviors as rights. And and contest those ideas, and everybody is poorer for the exchange. Yeah, big time. And I, I'm sure I'm sure now that I've said that, I'll go out and see it day to day because I, I certainly have been seeing all the other ones we've been talking about. And <laughs> like, yeah, there it is. There it is. The good and evil. Uh, God, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. Debate. This is trash. You know, it's, it's been so so satisfying this journey. Yeah, um, you're welcome, Chris. Yeah, where, where do you think, Nick? Where, <laughs> relative to those, uh, my hunch is between debate, better or worse. Uh, I think I think it's. I really hate debate. I think it's worse though. Yeah, I think it is worse. I think it might be between debate and faith. But yeah, what do you think about it versus faith? Faith is bad, like Yeah, I think it's a, a I think it's still above faith. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, that feels very good to me at the new fifth last. Um Interesting. Yeah. That would it, never have thought. No wonder I was nervous to rank it. I honest you didn't, disclosure, you didn't come in I, thinking I've been shaking would... this whole episode, Nick. Oh wow! Yeah, I um, understand. I yeah, my I might not have those sort of physical responses, but I definitely, I don't know. Maybe this one. Maybe I've had more ideas before now on the episodes where I felt the same, like the same stress that we've just been discussing of feeling misunderstood. I mean, going right back to the imprisonment episode, like I certainly had. Mm, um, yeah. I certainly had stresses around that about feeling like uh, it's tough because you know we make an effort to you know, specifically the format of the podcast is we talk about, we try and just um, find as much uh, complication in the topic as we can. Um, not even like, it's it's not, not just, oh, the pros and the cons, but all of the, you know, the complexity and uh, try and, and, you know, I, I, I'm sure I fail all the time, but I try and make, a, I always make a good faith effort to not just uh, to, to, to acknowledge what the, common narratives or default intuitions around the idea are and then think about how those can be exploded right away. Even then, like there's so much certain words and certain word choices and, you know, we don't pre-plan these in any way. Um, so, and you know, the, uh, the, the ability to fall into certain word choices, um, or default cliches is like, it happens, like it, it happens on the podcast. And there's that fear that for some people who have, um, a strong or even traumatic attachment to an idea that, you know, if I might say the wrong thing and that collection of words is going to hit them in a way where that's, it's going to communicate a sense of what I mean that can't be ameliorated by me saying a mm. hundred, 200 words either side. And so, yeah. And, yeah. and that's a, that's a long window of, of me saying that I'm stressed about being misunderstood. And, um, yeah, so I understand where you're coming at. And the, I think, you know, our, the trick is that we, the best we can do is worry about it and, uh, really think about <laughs> not take lightly what we do. I, my friends, um, who only started catching up on the podcast 
hadn't listened to any of it uh, about a month ago, she sent me a message and noted that she'd be listening to it. But she was, I think like a lot of um, maybe our immediate friends, Chris, uh, she was surprised how she was like, oh, I, it's like, it's cute how serious you guys are taking it. Because I think like a lot of <laughs> like a lot of people, she, she only knows me and not you, but I think as soon as she knew I had a podcast, she assumed that it would be, you know, a, a goof. And, um, yeah, I think it was a bit taken aback. She was a bit taken aback at the idea of it's like, oh, no, you're really you're really trying to do this. You're trying to do it. And um, to me, I'm like, yeah, like, A, I'm not enough of a, like, I'm not a comedian, so, like, and I'm, I'm sec- not so secretly. That joke up top was pretty good. It was all right. But, yeah, I'm also, like, I'm not, I'm not so secretly actually very self-serious and earnest, but also, like, for me, once you have this idea, what the hell is the fun of it unless, or the, what's the reason to want to do it unless you're really trying to do it right? And, um. Yeah, this, obviously ditto, you know, like, there's no, there's no fun in doing this as a gag, like, I mean. <laughs> If you had to do every week, and like, what's the funniest way? To, uh, yeah. I'd be so tired. Yeah, I um, and there's enough. You know, there's 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 people doing uh, the best, whatever version of that could be good. There are people doing that, and but again, like I said, like this is this is the most vulnerable disclosure I can make, which again won't surprise anyone that I know me. Like, I was someone who was the. Uh, I'm sure it's not not too far at the back of my mind when we came up with this idea was my sense of being someone in the world who had spent a few years feeling alienated from the ability to just sit and chat with people about my, you know, the complexity of my thoughts and feelings because I'm someone who, you know, I, I have maybe an irrational level of stress about being misunderstood. And, Mm. um, also I am very long winded and my thoughts are recursive and discursive and they, and I mostly work out what I think through discussion. And that's, you know, I need, I need, to do that with someone that I feel safe with and I need to do it in a context that I feel safe. And that's, that's this and that's you, Chris, to an extent that I haven't had before. So, um, I know I've thanked you before on air, but thank you again for, um, uh, having the idea that we should do a podcast in the first place. Cause yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, you can, that the listeners can now imagine what it's meant for me having s- suddenly out of nowhere, uh, an ability to talk about what I think. And that's still, and maybe it's worth saying like listeners, you know, Hopefully it's obvious that none of us is this is this being like, don't think, don't think badly of us. Don't disagree with us. Don't don't uh tell us that we were bad. Give us the feedback. We we've got the 50th yeah. episode coming up where we want you to come hard at us about what you think we got wrong, what you think we haven't talked about, um, what you know, the floor the flaws in our ranking. We want we want to we're gonna be speaking anything that you come to us with, we will use that to speak to one of the previous topics of our first 49 episodes, um, and discuss it more. And, uh, yeah, like we're not afraid. I mean, we got, um, some, I got some critical feedback from some people on that imprisonment in episode and I valued it and it was great. Um, whether or not, you know, like I still feel very satisfied and confident with our ranking of that idea. Um, and you know, we, uh, uh, but that, but you know, (laughs) it'll only be fun uh, if bracing and sometimes body shaking to keep, to revisit these topics, um, <laughs> and, and go up to them again. Um, great. Anything, uh, d- did you have anything else to, uh, say on that subject at all, Chris? I went to a place there as is my brand. No, I just smiling, smiling a lot. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, we can have this space t- together and uh i hope that it's one that the that the listeners get to enjoy as well um yeah and uh, yeah as always please 
please send in your feedback. We'd love to, love to hear what your take is. And I, you know, don't assume at all that we um, have the universal position. We just, um, we just through our work and process are certain here that we have the correct position. That's that's all. That's all that we're positive. Yeah, that's all. And, that's all we can claim. Yeah. And uh, if you liked this episode, this one came from a listener suggestion. So how good are they? Give us yours. Um, also, yeah, um, we are findable uh, through various uh, podcast services. So if you, yeah, if you want to tell, <coughs> if you want to tell a friend of yours um, to check the show out, uh, do it on the basis of. Um, them being a friend that you think is particularly given to thinking about the uh, the structures and the ideas beneath everyday society, um, but other or you know just tell your mum. Yeah, she's prone to those things. Not ours. That's why. That's why we have to do the podcast. My mum, uh, I think, listened to the first episode and has been uh, lovely about saying that she needs to get around to listening to the rest. We'll really look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode of Rank Ideas. Bye. Sometimes commotions